That was My God by Jethro Tull. I missed doing a podcast last week because our family's in the process of moving from New Jersey to Florida. Last week was traveling up from Florida to come back to New Jersey to get the rest of our stuff one last time. And I was trying to think about what I was going to do for a podcast. I had a few ideas and I couldn't really decide. But you know, sometimes the universe provides for you and gives you messages. I guess it started last week, or actually a couple weeks ago, before I came up from Florida. I was looking at Facebook, and I think you'd know from if you listened to my previous uh, podcast about whether to stay on Facebook or not. Um, I was looking at some of the people that were posting things on Facebook and there was a clear heavy dose of God and Trump and so I try to ignore that and decide whether I want to keep that or not but uh, because I was getting ready to come back to New Jersey I just kind of let it go for a while but then you know the universe provides for you or gives you messages in some ways and the message I was getting on the way up was I was just struck by the number of billboards along the way up from Florida to New Jersey with messages about Jesus. So it really got me thinking about this whole situation with religion and politics and how heavily religion seems to play a part in often political situations. Just to be upfront with people, I'm not religious. I'm not sure if I believe there is a God or not. But at the same time, those that do believe, I don't hold that against them. I don't try to convince them otherwise. If it provides comfort to a person uh, to have a belief in God and it works for them, I'm fine with that. Where I do run into problems is when people tend to try to force a situation upon others. And I find that often happens these days, particularly when it comes to religion, and particularly the religious right. In my last podcast, there was a little segment from an angry minister that was mocking people who wore masks for protection, and I really have a real hard time with that. What I have a hard time with is the way they wrap their anger, their hate, and their racism under the guise of religion. And I think sometimes they're pretty clever about knowing how to tap into other people's anger, hate, racism, and use it to exploit them and make money. It's interesting when I see the situation that happened with Steve Bannon a couple weeks ago 
how he set up this supposed fund to build the wall and took the money and basically used it for his own purposes. Um, it kind of reminds me of some of the TV evangelists that you often see um, and how they get such a following and how they exploit people's feelings to make themselves wealthy. I did a little investigation to see some of these evangelists, how much money they are worth. For example, um, Kenneth Copeland, his net worth is about $300 million. Uh, Pat Robertson, he's about $100 million. Betty Hine, about $60 million. And uh, Joel Olstein is worth about $40 million. And as I say, it seems like a lot of them make their fortunes off of people that really don't have a lot of money. For example, let's listen to Kenneth Copeland and his explanation why it's okay for him to take the money that he's accumulated from his followers for his own private jet. How are you, sir? We'd just like to ask you about why you don't want to fly commercial. Why have you said that you won't fly commercial? You said that it's like getting into a tube with a bunch of demons. Why do you think well, that? No, no, listen to me just a second. Not the people. The main reason is because of the need. If, if I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. That's really the main. Isn't it true that you want to fly commercial so that you can fly in luxury? How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Listen, I paid. <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard here, okay? Certainly. Well, if you'd like to come out here, I'd like to give you a chance to, to catch your breath and, and have a conversation. We don't want to catch you off guard. I love Inside Edition. You got to get this now. Hey, you listening to me? My, my wife thinks Inside Edition is, oh, yeah. <laughs> now. Notice when he's first asked, he tries to rationalize his decision. When confronted further, he gets a little bit hostile. And then he changes the subject. Well, my question then, well, well, okay, all right, but I want to get to the demons because people are very concerned about that comment. Give me a chance here, Inside Edition. Okay. I love your eyes. And uh, here's what happened. We flew in 21 days, 70 hours, 40,000 miles touched five continents and preached face to face personally with 125,000 people. Do you ever do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. Once again, notice there's rationalization, avoidance, and then hostility. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. 
Can you explain what you meant by that, yes. that, by that term then? Yes. Just, just explain, because it's really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. What did you mean? The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that let people that fly commercial are demons? If you give me a chance to talk, sweetheart, I'll explain this to you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. People, I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol. Do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people? When somebody in there is dragging some woman down an aisle, it made me so mad to see that on television. I wanted to punch the guy out myself. I can't be doing that while I'm getting ready to preach. So you just don't like to be around the sinful people or the, the hurtful people. Is that what you're saying? Not the people, baby. Not the people. Again, he can't really answer the question. But wasn't it Jesus that once said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Yet, this preacher tends to believe that he really can't fly commercial because it interrupts his preaching. And, and I spent a lot of time on airlines. But the main thing that happened was not, that wasn't the main reason. The main reason was I could no longer do what I called to do and be on the airlines. Besides that, I need my clothes when I get there. And, so, and you have some fancy clothes. I mean, I for a pastor, you are living yes. a life of luxury. Yes, you've am. got great homes. You've got yes, great planes. Do. You, you drive in limos. I'm a and very wealthy man. You're a very wealthy man. Yes. So his reason, I guess, is he's worried about the airlines losing his clothes. I guess we all can relate to experiences of having our luggage being lost. So I guess that makes it okay to have your own private jet. Final question is, a lot of people maybe have a misunderstanding then about what you do in prosperity preaching. Yeah. So the final question is this, to those critics that say that a preacher should not be living a life of luxury, what is your response to that? They're wrong. That's it? That it's a misunderstanding of the Bible that if you, if you go into the Old Covenant, do you think the Jewish people believe you should be broke? Are you saying that Jewish people they appreciate money more than... Really? No, they believe in wealth. Some people would find that offensive. No. No, wait a minute now. You know, I really don't have to say much about that comment. I think you get the message there from him. Both of my grandfathers were preachers. They were both very poor. They lived simple, modest lives. They were extremely offended by men that made money like you do, preaching like you do. What would your response be to people that think that preachers shouldn't live this kind of a lifestyle? Folks like my, both my grandfathers. And I understand that. And I love them with all my heart. It's, it's your grandfathers that we're standing on their shoulders. They held up 
and they stood for it. Glory to God. But when you go back to the Bible, it's full of wealth. And it's full of miracles and signs and wonders. And it's full of goodness and it's full of meanness. It's just full of hell on earth. Those are the demons, not the people. I love the people. Again, getting back to the... Sir, thank you so much for your time your today. Name? Lisa Guerrero. Lisa, God bless. Father, bless Lisa today. Thank you for her grandparents. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to know her and to her team. And I pray and I believe her peace will be successful. Listen to this. I don't know whether to laugh, to cry, or to throw up. This is coming from a man whose estimated net worth is $300 million. And notice throughout the interview, anytime he's asked a question, he either does his carnival side act preaching, or he gets angry, or he changes the subject. So as I mentioned before, you have these preachers that basically prey on people to amass their fortunes. Sort of like, as I said before, with the situation with Steve Batten and the build-the-wall scheme that he had going. Then you have the preachers that focus on hate. Now, that's not to say they're not in it for the money also, but their primary focus seems to be on hatred. Let's start off with Pastor Stephen Anderson. He's a pastor in Arizona at the Faithful World Baptist Church. Let's see what he preaches about. This fight has come to us, and you know what I say? Bring it on! No homos will ever be allowed on this church as long as I'm the pastor here. I'll, I'll put it this way. Any man who would have sex with another man would have sex with an animal. That is true. So listen to this, you can tell right away what his audience is going to be. Now, to me, LGBT stands for let God burn them. Right. But now they're starting to see, oh wow, he's right. But you say, well, it's LGBTQ. Well, then you could say, let God burn them quickly. I don't have any advice for homosexuals except to put a bullet in your own head so that you don't molest my kids or anyone else's kids. Now remember, He's not an Old Testament type of God. He considered himself a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And yet this is what he preaches. Next up is Rick Wiles, a Florida pastor, who claimed that the effort to impeach President Trump was a Jewish coup and said the spread of coronavirus in the synagogues is a punishment for the Jewish people for opposing Jesus. And let's hear what he has to say prior to the impeachment hearings about the possibility of Trump being impeached. If they take him out, there's going to be violence in America. That's all there is to it. And when we say One take way, him out, however he leaves, there's going to be violence in America. And I believe um, there are people in this country, veterans, there are cowboys, mountain men, 
I mean guys that know how to fight. Okay? And they're going to make a decision that the people that did this to Donald Trump are not going to get away from it, with it. And they're going to hunt him down. I'm serious. They're going to hunt him down. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to see the country go this way. But once hell breaks loose, if, if these people in Washington think that they're going to get away with it, it's not going to happen. The Trump supporters are going to hunt them down. It's going to happen. And uh, this country is going to be plunged into darkness. And they brought it upon themselves because it won't back off. It just won't back off. They won't let the people express their views. They voted for Donald Trump. They wanted Donald Trump. But they said, no, you're stupid. You're ignorant. You're racist. You're bigots. We're not going to allow your vote to count. And they've waged war against those people now for three years, calling them every name that you can. Those those people are fed up with it, dog. They're fed up with it. And they know if, if they get away with this, there's no country left. It's done. It's finished. So what does Gerald Salini say when people have lost everything? They have nothing to lose. They lose everything. They just lose it. All right? They're going to go on a rampage. And you're not going to be able to put it back in the bottle. It's going to be turned loose. Once the blood starts flowing, they're impossible to stop. That's right. And here again, a man that follows or supposedly follows the teachings of Jesus inciting violence. And here's another Florida preacher, one from Jacksonville, Adam Fannin. Let's hear what he has to say. You know, these Jewish false prophets, anti-Christian, anti-God, you know, they're, they're willing to put Jesus to death again. You heard this comedian, Sarah Silverman? You guys know what I'm talking about? She brags about it. I'd do it again. Listen, she is a witch. She is a Jezebel. She is a God-hating whore of Zionism. I hope that God breaks her teeth out and she dies. She is a wicked person, and she is she is like the perfect representation of religious Judaism. She is Satan's scoffer, and she is there to take the world and make them laugh and then diss Jesus to try to take away. It just seems the more I look at this situation, the scarier it gets and the more concerned I get. The next one up is Grayson Fitz. He's a Tennessee pastor who also works as a county sheriff's detective. And this is what he had to say. Now remember, this guy is a law enforcement officer also, as well as a preacher. I'm sick of sodomy getting crammed down our throats. My wife sent me an article last night about Taylor Swift. Do you know who Taylor Swift is? She's some pop singer, okay? about her petitioning the Tennessee legislature to try to get this anti-LGBTQ discrimination bill passed where it'd be illegal for you to discriminate them. It's infecting our nation, people. Culture's changed. The Bible is not outdated, okay? The federal government, the police, or what have you, should enforce Leviticus 2013. That is the purpose of this sermon, is to show you that. Those were the laws that civil government would enforce, just like we have laws now. Murder, rape, kidnapping, adultery, they were punishable by death. You get Christians that say, well, I think homosexuality is a sin, but I don't think it should be punished you know, by the government. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, you're so hardcore, it's a sin, really? It is a sin, 
And it was punished by civil government. You understand that? He says, they shall surely be put to death. Okay? Just kind of driving it home that uh, uh, the death penalty for someone being a homosexual. Christ redeemed us from the law. Bestiality is good. You are saying the same thing when you say that Leviticus 20.13 should just be abolished. Just because you want it to. Because you like watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Because you like watching all the Disney movies. Like you, because you like watching all of these freaks on TV. You understand me? And you want to try to go soft on the homos, right? So you're like, oh, I disagree with that. Then you disagree with the rest of the chapter. How can you cherry pick one verse, Christian, and say that I don't agree with that verse just because it's not popular? The Bible says that they're worthy of death. The Bible says that the... I don't know about you, but I'm hearing and feeling a lot of hatred coming from this man who professes to be a follower of Jesus. Here's another one. Louis Giglio, founder of Passion City Church, who thought that slavery was actually a blessing. Watch this clip. But I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, mm -hmm. white people do, and we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in yes. and lived in. And so a lot of people call this white privilege. And when you say those two words, it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, yeah. if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Sure. Let's get down to what then do you want to call it? And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing, that I'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened generationally. The last preacher I want to mention is Donnie Romero. He's the one that said the earth is a better place now after the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. He wound up having to resign, though, in January of 2019 for using drugs, gambling, and pain for prostitutes. So in looking at some of these preachers that I've mentioned so far, what do they have in common? I think one of the things that they have in common is they all give a green light for their followers to express their hatred, their racist, homophobic attitudes. And they tend to be intolerant of those who don't think like them. They justify their support of their preachers by festering that hatred. And my question is, do they really follow Jesus, who was known as the Prince of Peace? That's my big concern. Now, as I said in the beginning, I'm really not against those that believe in religion. If that brings comfort to them, that's fine. The problem I have is when you try to force your beliefs on others. And some may argue, well, you're trying to force your beliefs. And I'm not trying to force beliefs. What I'm asking people to do is take a look at themselves and really look inside themselves to what they believe in. I find that when I looked at Facebook and when I was seeing all these God quotes, um, it made me really think about really what are these people about? 
What are they trying to say? And I think a lot of them that were saying things or stating things on Facebook were really ones that followed these types of preachers. And I've seen people quote from some of these preachers. In fact, one person on Facebook had the one that I mentioned last week about the face mask. So I really want people to look at themselves and really think about it. You know, what are these preachers saying? What are they trying to get at? And my concern is that people that are continuing to follow them just reinforce their own hatreds. Hatreds, their bigotry, their homophobic ideas. And if you don't think like them, then you must be wrong. There's something wrong with you. And I think what they do is they often go through life with these blinders on. And those blinders that are put there are put there to reinforce the negative feelings that they have about others. So when you look at these preachers, when you look at religion, when you look at how it affects situations today, I think you can't get away without feeling like some of this stuff is really based on hatred. And we're never going to change things as long as people carry that with them. So that's what I have to say today. I hope people will think about it and take a long, hard look at some of the situation where religion has kind of gotten into politics in the situation in our country today. And that maybe somehow we can come to some resolution that there isn't this hostility towards people that may not be just like you. Well, that's it for this week. Hope everybody has a good week. And I'll talk to you in the next podcast. God is a concept By which we measure
just believe in me.